Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. Each week, the three editorial team at Hotel Analyst gather around the desk of insight to talk through three topics that have caught our eyesight in the last week or so. Uh, we are headed as regularly by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director. I am Chris Bound, the web editor, and we're also joined by Catherine Dogrell, our perspectives editor. We're based here in Europe. We speak and think about what goes on around the world in, of hotel investment globally. Uh, first off this week, we're looking as its results season at the results, the second quarter results 2019 for Marriott. Um, one thing that amused me was that it seems uh, uh, the management team at Marriott have only just discovered a universal truth, which is that builders generally finish late. And they seem to have blamed that for um, their uh, openings being slightly behind schedule. Um, but apart from that, Catherine, what did we learn from Marriott that we didn't already know? Uh, well, yes, exactly. We're entering the chaste period of, um, of the cycle when everything is very modest. Modesty is the rule here at the moment. And, um, and Marriott have announced a modest, modest contraction, uh, modest slowdown, sorry, uh, pardon my French, in their... <clears throat> room openings and they are indeed blaming this on things taking longer to build. In this case, um, and you'll enjoy this, Custom Moxies. Um, Moxie, they were the, or they are the brand which was produced uh, with a link to IKEA. So as you know, if you are building anything with IKEA and you decide you want to add some kind of flair of your own, disaster can only follow. And uh, this is indeed what has happened with Marriott. They've found that the Custom Moxie, people taking something that isn't quite off the shelf, it's taken a little bit more time. So most of the slowdowns they're seeing, I think two thirds of the impact was in the US and mostly in the select service end of the market. So if you want to build something with Marriott, just take what you're given and don't start thinking you can add any extra shelves because it'll all go wrong and there'll be a big crash in the middle of the night. And the crash in the middle of the night is what they're hoping to avoid. But apart from that, um, things were looking all right. They weren't too fussed um, at Marriott. Uh, China was surprisingly good. Um, and not surprisingly good because we should all be surprised. But um, compared to everyone else's results, China was surprisingly good. Um, and Marriott had a number of explanations for that. So they were cautious about performance looking forward. Um, in the area, they were still quite chipper and um, chipper enough to start talking about how they've moved into all inclusive um, because Bonvoy, of course, their huge loyalty program must be fed, must feed the beast, and all inclusive is a great way to feed it. Um, they decided they weren't going to bother um, buying a brand in for all inclusive because they got loads of brands, they realized absolutely stacks of them, more than 30 at this point and counting. Um, so they're going to be using Ritz Carlton and the luxury collection and Marriott and Weston and W and all draft collection and Delta um, for their all-inclusive brand offering, which, uh, which should be reasonably intriguing and we watch this space with interest. Of course, anything that feeds the membership program is something that is a concern potentially to owners because it all comes from somewhere. But at the moment, modesty, thy name is Marriott. It's about relatives as well, isn't it? Because um, uh, although things are slowing down, I think they're slowing down in other sectors faster. And I think this was captured for me by uh, Morgan Stanley's analysis of the situation with Marriott. So they cut their EBITDA forecasts, but they actually raised the share price target. Because in terms of what's on offer to um, stock market investors, Marriott is looking more attractive rather than less attractive even though its profitability is going down slightly so it, it's about that relative piece um there's a few other things that came out of these uh, the conference call and the discussion um around the results um 
One is that Marriott does seem to be doing a good job of keeping OTAs in check. They said that in the second quarter, bookings via the OTA OTA channels dropped 2%. Modest, in line with your chase theme, Catherine. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, But... you know i think that is more than most others are managing to do where we're seeing otas actually continuing to grow their share now the interesting bit with this is the stuff going on behind the scenes with and particularly with expedia um so in terms of marriott vacations i know expedia runs all of that for marriott so if you book on bonvoy you're effectively booking it's been white labeled by expedia um i i i haven't found out yet but be interesting to know whether this new all-inclusive is similarly going to be white labeled um i i don't know we'll see um the other thing uh, in the same sort of disruptor stroke um new tech area is of course the sharing economy the home share stuff and marriott had a few remarks on that and they said although they're tiny in it um with just 2500 homes um in in, in listed under marriott's brands or under the the marriott home share brands um is actually this is proportionally quite a significant presence in the high-end luxury space and Arnie Sorensen, Marriott CEO, who was, it was great to see him back on the call after um, all his cancer stuff. Um, um, he was quite bullish about this. Um, and um, he said, look, um, I, I think this is going to be a meaningful market for us. I think this is a, this is a medium to long-term play for Marriott, but it's going to be quite interesting to see how, how it grows. And talking of medium and long-term plays, the, the final thing I'll pull out from the numbers was some remarks about India. And it's very interesting, um, Sorensen made clear just where the Indian market was in terms of, at the moment, they've got 175,000 hotel rooms, so the ones in terms of which Marriott thinks are significant anyway, which compares to the more than 2 million rooms in the US which are owned by Indian expats, which I think is quite an interesting contrast between between the two there. Um, and I, 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 th- I think, you know, in, in terms of growth, I think that they, they're looking at India saying, yeah this is going to be a, a, a good strong market but it's it's some way behind say china where the um, income per head of the population is is so much ahead of um, india's and therefore the uh, propensity to travel is so much greater in that chinese market relative to the indian one now we're moving on to another international hotel group that's got uh, a big base in the USA, but uh, an equally large spread across the rest of the globe, um, Intercontinental Hotels. And uh, Catherine has been listening to CEO Keith Barr, what he has to say about uh, the latest quarter and what, and, and what they're looking forward to over the coming rest of the year. Uh, yes, so IHG, similar enthusiasm for modesty but um, some challengingness in the development developing environments as the building and the challenging um, and you would think they make quite a lot or maybe like quite a lot on their last call about um, their abilities in China and indeed their franchising model that they have over there is still very interesting and lots of the other operators are, are looking to nick it wholesale as far as I can see um, <clears throat> So that's, you know, flattery and all that business is nice. But things are not going so well for them um, because largely because of the, the 
the huge spread of development that they have across all different types of markets, things are looking a bit less chipper. So they are falling back on Holiday Inn, um, which, <laughs> which is exciting. And um, particularly for those of us who watched the uh, launch of Avid, which was meant to pick up where Holiday Inn was, it was too full, too many people, too, many, too much Holiday Inn in the US. And now it turns out that things are looking a bit tricky. So everyone in the US is going, you know what? Let's just have, just stack load more of Holiday Inns. Um, and why not? You know, why not? It's not broke. So good, good. <laughs> Happy times for them. Not so many signings for Avid. And, um, and we'll see, I guess, as we go forward, how many Holiday Inns you can pack into the US. Um, it's like one of those big <laughs> jars that you get at the fair. How many gobstoppers have we got in here? Who knows? 120,000. Um, so 4.8 million Holiday Inns now down the line. One every half a mile. But um, yeah, it's, it's not too good. But um, Keith Barr was talking quite a lot about um, how they were seeing growth among the new brands. And they have been involved, not to the same level of colossal enthusiasm as the other operators. But there are other brands. We had Atwell's Sweets launch recently. And that's interesting. So on. <laughs> Little brands on the side. Um, but it, Keith Barr very much... We have a full stable onwards and upwards. So we'll see how much that plays out. Less so for Avid, it seems, at the moment. I'm going to buy a whole day in. Mm, it's interesting to see where IHG, I mean, focus is now. It, it's very much on this organic growth piece. I mean, my sense was that... Um, well, that's because they can't afford to buy anything. Well, 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 well not afford. Afford, afford isn't the wrong be, right yeah, word. No, they won't be they allowed don't have the to appetite. buy it. Well, I don't think they'd be allowed to have the appetite, actually. I think mm. there'd be shareholders who'd go bonkers if they, they tried to buy stuff right now. It's um, a kind of a gastric band, a gastric band of development, of, of mm. appetite. for. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think you know, they've got a couple of issues, really. Um, one is that they can't... It's very difficult to buy any listed US company with uh, UK-listed shares um that that was really what made them um stumble over starwood they couldn't get that deal done because of that and i now think the the drop in sterling has has made it even more challenging to go out with cash um to buy anything other than somewhere which has had unless they buy something somewhere with an even worse um, exchange rate situation and there's few countries that fit that bill um, but there was a clear I think there's a clear sentiment was that the checkbook for acquisitions has been put away um, and I think the CEO Keith Barr was keen to point out look um, we, I filled in the white space that I identified 18 months ago. Um, th that, that's been done. We've added in the luxury with Six Senses and Regent. We have introduced Voco, that conversion brand. We've introduced Avid, Below Express. And now they're tapping in with At Atwell Suites into this extended stay space, which they describe as somewhere between extended stay and select service hotels. I think it's got an interesting market. So they're targeting that four to six night stay family stuff i guess um so it's quite an interesting market segment they're going for there and i, I think they could they could do well i think that the challenge they've, they've really got to i mean they're going to be judged now how well they do in terms of their net system growth and they've got to deliver on that so they said the first half was 5.7 percent which puts them ahead of marriott but behind hilton um so it, it's a sort of mid-table performance amongst its global major peers I, I think they need to start giving Hilton a run for the money well, both, both IHG and Marriott said that they were expecting to see their um, to see everything accelerate next year although there wasn't any clear explanation as to why things would be different 
um, no, particularly, but no. just it's bound I, well, to accelerate, bound to. I thought both rather hedged their bets on it, actually, in terms of that. I mean, Marit um, is forecasting about uh, slightly down, wasn't it, in terms of its forecast for pipeline growth because because of this Slight, opening piece. Yeah, slightly down this year. Um, and I think next year they're both saying, oh, 2020, it'll accelerate. Wonderful. Mm. I, I guess the rationale for that is that they think that the construction that slowed down is going to be pushed into the following. Because once you've started on a hotel, unless right, things go, yeah, exactly, <laughs> unless things go spectacularly wrong. I mean, there are some markets like Dubai where clearly... You, um, things have been deliberately dragged out on the construction front because you don't want to be opening into a market which is sort of close to double-digit rev part drops at the moment. So it's a very difficult market there in Dubai. So understandably, so unless things really tank like that, which there's no indication that that is what's going to be happening. So I, I suspect just with there's sort of slight blips in terms of that construction pipeline, which then pops them into the, the sort of following quarter or following half um and and it provided they keep signing at the same rate that ought we ought to see a slight uptick there that's the logic of it but uh, mm. uh maybe um mm. we'll see I, I i do think you know there's there's still a case i she has got to prove it's up it can keep up with uh, uh up with hilton i think morgan Sani pointed out that um true um the the new launch by hilton was a third further down the line in terms of number of signings at this point of its launch when compared with avid so i actually isn't keeping up with one of its probably the best global major in terms of that organic development piece um so it, it's got to raise its game and sort of get up with it i think to 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 really be competitive and and, and start to be seen as you know one of the players because it, it it if it's ruling out acquisition it isn't going to get to the same it's not going to very easily catch up with marriott or hilton through organic growth unless it starts overtaking them and it's just, it's showing no real signs of doing that or being able to do that um so I, I, it's the very least got to be a very compelling proposition um for owners saying look we've got these great brands and we are taking more than our share, you know, our, our market share we're taking of the pop, uh, pipeline is, is proportionally much bigger than our competitors. That's what they've got to argue out there in the marketplace. Um, and they've got to actually um, put a bit more uh, fire out there and uh, just raise their game a little bit more. Right, well, that's enough quarterly figures. Now that we've got a, a takeover to talk about. And uh, it's uh, all excitement around Easy Hotel where it looks like one of the current investors in the business wants to potentially take it private or at least buy out much more of the shares. All looks very exciting. Directors up for it, apart from the small matter of Sustelios. Catherine, <laughs> do you want to tell us more? <laughs> exactly. We need to talk about Sustelios. Um, and, and he obviously already has talked because it's not in his will uh, not to. So, um, so yes, Ikamap, who came in, I think in 2016 it was, <clears throat> when Easy Hotel needed more money to expand and um, and they got it and they have and it's been great um, and there's nothing that I don't like about Easy Hotel at this point uh, just spreading all over the place they'll do anything to get into where they need to um, which is where of course Icamap came in and they've had a couple of fundraisings since then recently um, which were priced it has been pointed out at higher 
than the offer that has been made, which may make some shareholders sad. And those shareholders are Stelios. And so Stelios controls via Easy Group, um, I think it's just, uh, just under 25%. So ooh, tense um, in terms of, uh, of takeover there. And he came out and said, no, it's all unreasonable. Uh, you're all idiots. Um, and he didn't say that. I know he's very litigious. Um, <laughs> he said it. the offer was very low. There we go. And I urge all other shareholders to take no action, said Sestelios. Um, and so it's kind of kind of interesting move. Um, ICAMAP and Ivanhoe Cambridge have said that they have, um, I think, how many of their, how much support have they got? They have, I think it was 0.7% of the share capital support. So that's so it's going well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's coming along, it's coming along, and at that rate, in, in another 185 weeks, it'll all be fine. Um, they can have as much as, of Easy Group as you like. Um, so the question is, do, do they need to do this to expand Easy? Could they do just another um, another fundraising? I spoke to Guy Parsons um, a couple of months ago, and he said, ooh, we don't need to go back to the market for money. We are other sources available, as has indeed been proven to be the case, and of course he would know. Um so yes, but kind of further down the line, when Easy Hotel is absolutely colossal as the plan is, people will be wanting to flog it on. Those people are obviously ICAMAP. What will you do? Because Sestelios is, you know, a man who is motivated by a pride in his business. Uh, she says, walking very carefully through this particular field, um, <laughs> and and if you they when they become huge. Is he going to, you want to sell it on? Is he going to be even more difficult in the future? Is it best to get rid of him now? But if you get rid of him now, do you need the name? How much is he going to charge to license it? Ah, interesting times. I think we can probably expect to see a small uplift in the bid offer here. I agree. Uh, one of the things is, that strikes me is just how much airtime we give what is a comparatively <laughs> tiny business. Uh, I mean, and this is why you would pay more money for the, for the name. This is why we watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's what, £126 million pounds, um, enterprise value, the current bid price. I mean, £126 million pounds is by a very modest hotel in London, actually. So that just gives you a, a <laughs> sense oh, <laughs> it's a, a sense of, of, of scale of this particular business so um and there i think what's quite... always interested me about the easy business is that mm. unlike an inordinate number of other hotel um branded hotel operators they have taken every route to expand when they've been given the opportunity and just provided a blueprint of just just do it. Just do it like this. Just we found this building, we jumped a hotel in it, and then we franchised this, and then we owned that, and then you know it's they're nimble. It's interesting. Yeah. No. Uh, yes. They're certainly nimble. That, that you could also argue that they've been running around trying to find something that makes sense. Potato, <laughs> potato. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I quite like the business. Um, um, it, it, it looks uh, to me a lot like sort of Yotel in terms of the potential there to go in and maximise real estate um, opportunity, and I think it. In, in the right tie-up it could really work there and, and I think it probably does make more sense to to be in private hands than it does to be in in public hands I mean certainly being listed at the size they currently are must be more hassle than it's worth even even if you're on the you know the the smaller aim market um, where they, you have to do a lot less in terms of investor relations you've still got to do something and there's still a bit of hassle there um, so I, I, I think in, in in some ways going private and actually pursuing 
you know growth longer term growth maybe losing quite a bit of money in the in the short term but for the bigger prize at the end and actually getting some some half decent scale um, m- might be the way to go and uh, I, you know I think it's quite exciting because you, you, what you've got here is something is a product which can be stuck in in very odd bits of of properties you know windowless potentially uh, could be those underground car parks it could be all, all you know all sorts of um, difficult to use spaces you can maximize the return on that by plopping in a easy hotel branded offer um, so I, I i think it's it's, it's got legs um and and it's probably gonna be able to run faster in private hands than in public hands and on that exciting note we'll uh, leave you where with just to warn you that we're uh, having a couple of weeks uh, break so we'll be back with the next podcast after this on september the 3rd meantime bye for now